Hello and welcome, members, to another edition of the Desert Mountain Podcast. I am Kim Atkinson, and I am joined today by some very special guests. I have Andrea Randall, who is our Chief Financial Officer. Hello, Andrea. Hi, Kim. Hello, members. Yep. And Athena Caveras, who is a member of our board and been a member at Desert Mountain for how many years now? 25 this year. Oh, my goodness. 25 years. I know. I joined when I was five. Yeah, of course. Of course, of course. (laughs) Very good. So this is perfect because um, we have uh, on our goal sheet this year, we're doing a lot more engagement and we were looking uh, for some platforms to have the board members have some additional exposure. Of course, we do our monthly board meetings. We post minutes. Um, You've attended many of our meetings and have a a great presence with our members. But um, one of the the ideas that we had that we're executing on today is to have board members on our podcast and to hear some perspective of what you're hearing um, happening on the mountain in current times and some things that you've seen even occur over the course of the years that you've been here as a member and now, now as a board member. So Thank you for joining us. Great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. All right. So, member since 1998, uh, 25 years this year. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, so technically uh, August will be the 25-year mark. Um, It's hard to believe. It goes really, really quickly. So, my husband and I spent, you know, both of our careers in corporate America, which meant that we moved around a lot, even outside the United States. And so, we were looking for a place to call home that we could eventually be come to when we retire, but also just a place to be with our kids. And after a long, arduous search, we found Desert Mountain, and we absolutely fell in love with the place. We'd been members of other clubs over the years and different communities, but I can say from my vantage point that Desert Mountain is simply unparalleled. And so when it came time to officially retire, Ron's been retired for a while, but I did in 2020, we made it our full-time home. So just excited to do that. Obviously, you don't know what it's going to be like until you get here and live full time because always a bit of a fairyland when it's just, you know, hit, hit, or, hit or miss or, or month here or month there. Um, but the dream has come true and we are absolutely thrilled to be here. Um, you know, we, we do just about everything on the mountain. So we both golf, not great, but we both golf mm-hmm. and we absolutely love it, love all the courses. Uh, both active in the Sonoran between workouts and fitness trainer classes and everything. Love the new addition of Jake and his outdoor team. We participated in just about everything they've done. Um, new to pickleball, but absolutely loving it. So um, as a fun. tennis player for years, and it's finally gives me an opportunity to, to kind of take on something new. And, of course, the restaurants. You know, who doesn't love the restaurants and the convenience of that? And likewise, our grown our kids are grown now, and they come out here, and they really look forward to being here. So it's just, it's just a special place. It Not is. Not new to the mountain, but, you know, it's like I've been here full-time now since 2020. Okay. And so uh, what then made you decide to go and be a member of the board? Yeah, that's a great question. So... It was a big decision, obviously, because you retire and now you say, I finally have time to do the things I really want to. And one of the things I really wanted to do was give back to my community, get involved in it, uh, be intellectually challenged, but also get to know more people and be able to apply those skills. And that was the reason I joined. You know, I ran for it last year and it's been one year and I can say that it's been a great 10 month experience. Um, I have learned so much 
about every aspect of the club. I've gotten to meet all of the leadership team and many of those that are one or two levels down. Um, and uh, quite honestly, even feel better about our decision to be here because it's a talented leadership team, talented board, um, and just thrilled to be a part of it. Always wanting the best for our members too, kind of at yeah. the at the heart of all the decisions and the things that that we talk about at the board level and at the management level. Absolutely. So, um, well, wonderful. Well, we're yeah. glad glad that you're here to help us through that. So, um, interesting times these days. Um, we wrapped some pretty incredible meetings over the last several weeks. A lot of coffee talks, a lot of uh, walk and talks out out on Cochise. Some ask us sessions that members could just come out to the Sonoran or. Uh, over at CG to, to ask any questions. And um, of course, we've got a lot of feedback that we're always uh, gathering as we go through with our members. So what what are some things that the board is talking about and, and hearing as members um, at large? Yeah. First, I want to give you kudos, Kim, on communications. Oh. You know, having been in big organizations, communications are tough to find the right balance, the frequency, the content, um, and I've been just so impressed with how much we do, how much outreach, the variety of it. And I feel that now because I've made a concerted effort over the last year to go to almost every easy listening, yeah. to go to 14 of the 18 coaches restoration uh, discussions, to be there at uh, some of the other sessions. Uh, so that's given me a chance to meet our members and get to know them a lot better, which is great. But then there's been some themes that have emerged out, out of those, and we could talk about those a little bit further, but I call it my way of getting a pulse on how the members are feeling right now. Yeah, and with Andrea and I both kind of starting around the same time, about five and a half years ago, too, um, we've seen a lot of activity occur in our, in our five years of being here, but it's not that there hasn't been lots of change happen over the course of 35 years. So, exactly. so that, that is uh, significant as well. Absolutely. You know, I, I want to share some of those themes, yeah. but I'm a data-driven person, which, you know, is not always when you're in human resources, people use data, but I think it's super, super important. So the first thing that surprises me when I talk to members is, do they really understand what the composite of our membership looks like today? Uh, so just a couple data points. We have about 2,200 members, give or take, maybe yes. just yep. a around that number, right, Andrea? 15% mm -hmm. 15, 15 of them have 25-plus years on the member, on the mountain like me. So that's a pretty significant number. Yep. But 35% of them joined in the last five years alone. So 780 new people on the mountain, which is amazing. That is amazing. Right? It's an amazing number. And so I kind of look at that, and, and as I think about myself as a board member, I can't just think about it in my own 25-year-plus space. I have to think about what that looks and feels like for those almost 800 brand-new people Absolutely. who've been on the mountain in the last uh, five years. And then you have off-property members, on-property members, people partial-year, people... You know, so it's a, it's a diverse group of people. It's a diverse set of experiences. But there are some common things themes that I hear. First of all, rarely do I hear I don't like Desert Mountain. Yeah. You know, that's a great news. People love it here. Um, and what do they want? They want great service. They want great golf. They want a diverse uh, set of amenities. They want experiences for their family. They want safety. You know, they want contemporary thinking. That's common, no matter what, you know, sector of the membership that I talk to. And frankly, that's the same thing 
I wanted over 35 years ago when the club started and 25 years ago when I joined. Yep. So that's really great insight, Athena. Um, let's talk a little more about the expectations our members have and how that maybe relates to our vision and our mission that we talk so much about. Yeah. So, uh, Kim, I see those as one in the same, mm-hmm. right? It, it One might seem more fancy and fluffy of a statement, but it's all in there. Our members want us to be the best we can be. You know, by, de- by default, vision statements are aspirational in nature. They need to inspire you. They need to be something that you're shooting for and aiming for. It's another reason why I joined the board, because I said, wow, that I want to be a part of that winning team. I want to be a part of helping it continue to be the best it can absolutely be. So I view them as the same. I, I was even more bought into it when I found out how we created the vision statement. So back in 2020, the board got together, as they always do, to develop their strategic five-year plan. And that was a statement that they put out there, an aspirational goal. And they felt good about that. And that went into then designing that five-year plan. But they didn't stop at that point. They said, well, we need to really make sure that it resonates with our members too. So for those of you who've been around at least the last three years, you've probably participated in the chamber survey. And we specifically asked that question there. We put the vision statement out and said, how do you feel about that? And the great news is that 90% of the respondents said, yeah, we like it. Yeah. And so as any good leadership and board team, we took that and we ran with it. We knew that's what people wanted and we're building on that. And I see the team trying to work on that every single day. Very true. Yes, our plan, our five-year plan, capital plan revolves around this vision and revolves around feedback we've heard from our members each and every day. So let's talk about that, the capital plan and the financial modeling that we do at the club um, and how it relates to the vision statement. Uh, Athena just laid it out as something aspirational. Capital plan is very specific, but how we look at that as a club doesn't necessarily mean these are the things that we're doing in the next five years. It's, it, it is there to uh, guide us and guide our thinking and to help us study what the potential is. Absolutely, Kim. It's a plan, and it's continuously evolving, changing, updating. Um, obviously, our members' needs change. You know, um, a, a perfect example was the pickleball courts. Uh, we had built six pickleball courts about five years ago, and it's been a tremendous amenity. That's an aspirational amenity. It wasn't something that was already here. And our members love it. And six was not enough. So about a year ago, a little less than a year ago, the board and management made the decision that we, we do need, based on our membership feedback, we need to add a couple more pickleball courts. Then there is deferred maintenance. The latest five-year plan is on the website. It's under the governing documents in the boardroom. And I want to reiterate, the vast majority of the five-year capital plan reflects addressing deferred maintenance, just over 70% of this plan. You can see it includes the two golf courses and even the CG clubhouse. Elements of the CG clubhouse is addressing deferred maintenance. So the plan is continuously evolving. It's never one and done. Um, The plan will evolve if all of a sudden financial resources um, are not what we expected them to be because a plan has a lot of assumptions that may or may not uh, come true. So um, even this year, our our management team is prioritizing our capital. Even though we have a budget, it does not mean we're going to move forward with every line item in the budget. 
and we're prioritizing by quarter based on you know the financial results that we're seeing each and every month and so as if the financial results are are missing in some ways and we can't make it up then we'll adjust the capital plan as well um, in a way that will be balanced for all of our membership yeah, and I just want to add, uh, you know, I don't sit on the finance committee as an official member, but I've tried to attend as many meetings as possible because, you know, if you join a board today, you want to make sure you're working with the right people and you want to make sure the financials are sound. So I had to get comfortable with that. First of all, I'd say Andrea and her team are amazing. Really, Thank I've you, worked Dana. with some great CFOs in my career and the flexibility and the stability and the calmness with which they manage it in such a small team is really quite impressive. And we have not had one board meeting where we've said we need this data that she doesn't either already have it at her fingertips or can't get it, you know, get it readily. The other thing I think I, I know it's I've hear a lot of it. This people are a little nervous about, you know, are we spending too much money and how do we balance all of this? I think we all worry about that in our own checkbooks these days. Again, every meeting I've been in, whenever we contemplate, okay, maybe pickleball's the next thing, Andrea's the first one to say, I know I can find cost savings somewhere else in the budget to offset that expenditure. So constantly looking at how do I rethink the financial plan gives me a ton of confidence that we're being really prudent with our money as members. Thank you, Athena. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you, you have to be. You, you have to be willing to adjust, especially in today's climate, um, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty that we all feel each and every day. And, you know, that's why the plan is, in my opinion, so much more important. If, if we didn't already plan and be looking to the future, and if we were constantly reacting, um, you know, then we probably wouldn't be making the right decisions. And so we want to be ahead of the game. You know, I, I don't want to wait till a, a catastrophe happens. I want to have plans in place of where we can make adjustments long before um, things get too difficult. So on the topic of change, because that came up a lot in our uh, Ask Us sessions, I, I just found a, a chart out there. It actually comes to a video that was put out. Um, uh, great videos, by the way. Kim. Thank you. And uh, this is just an example here. Um, and I'm not expecting you to read it, but just <laughs> by the total number on the chart, I think what it illustrates is since the inception of Desert Mount in 1986, there have been no fewer than 18 significant projects or enhancements on the mountain. So on average, we're talking about every two years. That is the reason why we've joined. That's the reason why we've stayed. That's the reason why we have almost 800 new members in the last five years, because they see that growth, they see that commitment, they see that sound management, and they know there's also a plan to continue to look at the right kind of change going forward. But let's be honest, change is not easy. You know that old saying, you know, people say, oh, yeah, I really love change, but you go first, Kim. <laughs> you know, and, and we're feeling that on the mountain. Sure. So we, we get that, and we're sensitive to it, and we're trying to adjust along the way, and we're trying to make the changes that'll continue to make this the gem that it's been for the last 35 years. Right, and helping to just reinforce that with our membership uh, with the things that we're looking to do and how do we tee that up? We put it in a mountain minute. We put it on video. 
we talk about it on a podcast. We're going to try a message in a bottle, I think, next. Maybe some smoke <laughs> signals. I don't know. We're pigeon, open. Carrier pigeon, maybe? Yeah, carrier, carrier pigeon. pigeon. Skywriting, yeah. I think. <laughs> no, um, but I think just being diverse with our communication is the key because um, people have different learning styles, and uh, some want to get the details and read into every article and get way in there and others just want the highlights. So uh, we work really hard to try to tee it up in different formats. The uh, the easy listenings that we talk about and uh, coffee talk sessions, having uh, maybe some more engagement at an easy listening where it's a mixer style. Um, that way it's a little bit more relaxed and uh, we can kind of showcase different departmental updates in a way that is a little more fun and engaging and allow for some two-way communication. I Absolutely. think that's where our biggest um, opportunity is, is we certainly put a lot of information out. How can we do better on the two-way side of communication? Right. right. Again, just another example of where I think this team tries to flex based upon feedback. Um, I've been to so many easy listening sessions, a lot of time spent by the leadership team. On average, we've had about 10 members join. So it's not those 10 members are incredibly important, but how do we make sure that we're being as impactful as we can be? So I love the new mixer concept. Uh, we also got feedback on the uh, Ask Us sessions is, you know, we'd like to hear some more from the board. Mm -hmm. That's why we're doing this, right? We, at the end of the day, we're members too, but we're working on your behalf. And so you need to know who we are. You need to be able to, to address questions to us. Um, again, not getting in the weeds because that's an operational thing that Damon and his team will get. But I think varied communications is what we're hearing people would like, and, and your team's responding to that. That's great. Yeah. Very good. Um, and by the way, we didn't introduce your, your background, Corporate America, yes, oh. but <laughs> HR. Yes. 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 So I, and actually, this is kind of fun for me because a big part of my trio was typically the CEO, the CFO, and the human resources leader. So yeah, I had a chance to work for the General Electric Company, as did my husband, uh, 25 years, uh, fantastic career, uh, moved all around. And the last role I was with GE Aviation as the head of human resources there. So it's um, it's great. I mean, and, and I feel that same connection coming into this role as a board member, working closely with the leadership team and closely with the board, just a talented group of people. So it's been a lot of fun. That's so interesting. And having kind of that pride built from the inside out is is a lot of what we experience here and a lot of why we have members care so much about the things that we're doing and, and we shouldn't be surprised to about that. Right. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. we, we evoke a lot of, uh, great, great feedback and, and look for more and, uh, always looking to evolve to help our members. Yeah. And I, I, I think I have an ask for my fellow members on that front is, you know, the more engaged you become and what's happening on the mountain, why it's happening gives you the ability to ask questions that, you know, matter, that matter to you. And so, you know, it's it's just important. I'd ask you to be as engaged as you possibly can be, read the communications. If you have other suggestions or ideas, any one of us on the board or Kim or Andrea or Damon, send us your thoughts or ideas. We'll do the best we can to flex and to accommodate that. But, you know, we'll do our part. We really need our members to engage as well and, and be, you know, knowledgeable about what's happening on the mountain. Very true. Well said. Yeah, very well said. And it's important, Athena. I mean, as a CFO, we, we put out a lot of numbers and the numbers on the page can mean different things to whoever reads them. And so it's important for us to, 
one, explain what's going on, and you'll, you'll be seeing the year-end financial report come out today. So please make sure you take a look. But two, I'm, we're always available to answer questions because even though what we put on the page, it still may not be clear, and, and please pick up the phone and call. Very good. Any parting thoughts at all, Athena, Andrea? No, I really just appreciate the time. I've had a chance to meet a lot of the members over the last year, but I have a lot more work to do. So this is one way to hopefully get out to a lot more members, and I'll get to see you somewhere, maybe pickleball, dinner, wherever. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just want to reiterate how important Desert Mountain is to me as a member and as a board member, and that I have even more confidence now after joining the board that we're in the right place and at the right time. Very good. It's exciting to be on the mountain. Well, thank you for all the work that you do for us. It's um, a very big responsibility to serve on a board, and we appreciate everything that you do for us. Thank you. Thanks to both of you, too. All right. Well, until next time, members, thank you for joining us. We'll see you around the mountain.